Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today I want to take a minute before we jump in, and I want to explain part of the, the uh, heart and the thought behind these videos. You know, I know that many folks in our church, they, they strive to read the Bible regularly. In fact, we have our Valley Bible Reading Plan. That These videos, they, they coincide with our New Testament Bible Reading Plan. But I also know that there is a desire for parents and, and for dads especially to lead their families in spiritual conversation. But sometimes we feel a little flat-footed. How do we do this? There's lots of different ways to go about having some family devotions and family worship. But, but these videos, they really are meant to be a tool for, for families and really a tool for anyone. My, my hope is that this uh, supplements your Bible reading. My hope is that you know you get your earbuds in and you listen to it uh, as a podcast as you drive to work or you pull it up on your computer screen. Uh, my kids, they actually watch it on our TV that YouTube's connected and all that stuff. So they watch it after they've done their Bible reading. And so that's, that, that's one way you can use it. But another way is if you, uh, you find yourself struggling to like get the Bible open as a family and you're trying to figure out what, where do we start? Well, maybe consider using these to just listen to this as a family. Watch it or listen to it as a family. And then mom and dad, you guys can simply say to your family, hey, what is, uh, what is your takeaway from what you just heard? Or how does, how does the scripture that was read and spoken about, how does that impact your life? What do you think God's calling us to do? In fact, sometimes I give prayer prompts at the end of this or I give instructions on next steps. These are all meant to be tools for you. As these videos, they come out Monday through Friday. My hope is that this blesses you. It serves you individually. It serves your family. And this can be used, simply simply put, as a wonderful tool as you work through the New Testament. Now, if you have feedback for me, if you have thoughts, if you have comments, if you have questions, I'd love to, to hear from you. And so you can uh, you can email us, mike at vcflongview.org. Um, you can write in on these videos. If you're part of Valley, you have a hundred different ways you can get a hold of us as well. Now that said, let's jump into our text for today. We are, we are in the middle of Romans. We are in Romans chapter 7, and the arc of this argument, it is begun by revealing that we lack the righteousness of God. So we cannot stand before God in righteousness. And this is a terrible problem, and there is a wonderful solution. This solution is that there is, there is Jesus and he is the perfect sinless son of God, that he is served as our substitute, not only by living a perfect life, but dying a sacrificial death on our behalf. And so uh, we, we've seen, even, even what we saw last, our last video, we are no longer, by faith in Christ, we are no longer bound to our sin. Sin no longer has dominion and control over us. In chapter seven, then we realize, okay, I believe that, but what do I do with the fact that I still sin? What do I do with the reality that I still struggle and I still wrestle and I still stumble and I still fail, that I still find selfishness in my life and, and anger and pride and lust and greed, whatever it looks like in your life, what do I do with that? <clears throat> well, Paul, he, he anticipates that and he actually shares some of his own internal struggle with sin. And I want to look at some of this for a moment. I want us to see in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 15, <clears throat> here's what we're going to look at. 
We're going to look at how do we continue to grow, how, and, and in that growth, how do we engage the reality of our struggle with sin? I mean, let's just be honest. If you're listening to this, you struggle with sin. If, if you say that you're without sin, other places in the scripture, the apostle John, he writes that you're a liar. We all struggle with it. And so how do we begin to understand that struggle? Romans chapter 7, verses 15, and we'll go through verse 25. <clears throat> Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Anybody ever feel this way? I, I want to do the right thing, and then I do the wrong thing, and I hate that I do it. Verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. The law that says don't do evil and this wrestling match, right? He says, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now, Paul here is not saying, well, I'm, I'm not guilty at all. He's, he's recognizing there is this battle inside of him. Verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, in my fleshly desires, and in, in, in the old man. There, there's nothing good that dwells in that. You know, there's kind of a divide in our world. There's some that want to think, see mankind as inherently good, and others that want to say mankind is inherently bad. Well, but this, this scripture paints a pretty clear picture of the latter. We are inherently bad in our own devices, left to ourselves. We, 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 there's nothing good in and of ourselves. He says, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. You ever feel that way? You ever wrestle with this? Man, I just, I said the wrong thing again. Like, why, why would I talk to someone like that? And I was just, I was, I had a moment where I could have been generous and I was greedy. And my eyes, I caught my eyes wandering again with this lust that I battled. I, what, what is going on? I, I don't want to do it, but I find myself slipping again. How do we think about this? Verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. I've got these great intentions. I'm trying to do what's good. And yet there's this, this temptation that's so close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. I'm wrestling here. I'm struggling here. Verse 24, wretched man am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? Before we get to verse 25, let's, let's just sit here for a minute. Here's what the Apostle Paul is describing. He is describing the internal struggle that every believer has when we, when we sin and we don't want to. When we wrestle with the, the nature of temptation and the, the foolishness of our hearts at times, how how 
as the hymn puts it, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. This meets us, hopefully this meets you in just the reality that you and I, we are saints, we have been saved, we have been redeemed, we have been made new, and yet we are still sinners and we are tempted and we struggle. And so Paul, he culminates this argument. He says, wretched man am I. This is this self-loathing, this frustration. What do we do with this? What do we do with this? Well, I think we need to make a few things clear. I want us to first of all recognize the Apostle Paul, he is not embracing a life of license to sin. He is not making excuses. He is not saying, well, you know what? Since I've got temptation and since I'm covered in grace, I should just go and live a life of sin. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Here, here's what I want you to understand. He is not embracing a life of sin. He, he is not a sinner that is rampantly pursuing his sin. No, he is a saint who is wrestling with his sin. He's wrestling with his fallen nature. He's striving toward walking in that new life under the grace of Jesus, recognizing that he's going to fail and he's going to stumble. This is what I want you to see. See, if someone says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm embracing a lifestyle of sin, that's not what Paul's talking about here. Paul's not talking about, well, I'm a sinner. Nothing I can do about it. Just going to keep doing my evil sin. That's, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a Christian who is a the sinner that embraces a sinful lifestyle. I'm going to keep getting drunk. I'm going to keep watching bad things on videos. I'm going to keep interacting with people in evil ways and selfish, lustful, mean, arrogant, greedy ways. That's not what he's saying. He's recognizing the struggle. And I would argue he's recognized it more, more acutely than he ever has before. See, this is what happens for believers. If you're a believer and you, uh, let's just say you struggle with greed. Well, the, the trajectory then is you go from, you know, doing things that are, you know, heinously greedy, you know, like, never being generous at all and you know maybe cheating people and stealing even right and then you become a christian and so some of those major heinous clear uh examples of greed they they, they go away you're no longer cheating people outright but but then it becomes internal where internally you wrestle with maybe i should give a little bit more maybe i should look for ways i can help this person in their life and you catch yourself in those moments where you're, your greed internalized. You're like, oh, you know what? I'm being greedy again. I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm, and it's ways that no one will even perceive. It's just an internal wrestling match. Same thing with lust. Maybe you go from being like someone who is flirtatious all the time and, and pursuing um, people that you're not married to. And then you become a Christian. And it becomes internalized. So it becomes to the point where you're guarding your eyes, where you catch yourself in a second looking the wrong direction at someone. You, you avert your eyes and you, gosh, why do I do that? I hate that I do that. But, but look, it, it becomes not this external, explicit, that you're, you're pursuing a sinful lifestyle, but instead it becomes internal. We are capturing your thoughts. Shan, I hate that I had that thought, but now I capture it and I repent of it. You could talk about 
selfishness and arrogance and hatefulness. This is, this is the trajectory of a believer. This is what Paul is talking about. He says, I'm recognizing internally that I've got these deep-seated sins that maybe no one else is even going to see them, but I recognize them in myself. And I'm constantly growing in repentance. And Paul, as he looks inside, he says, Wretched man am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? Look at verse 25 and rejoice. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but my, with my flesh I serve the law of sin. He recognizes this tension and he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the one, God through Jesus, who delivers us from this body of death. Okay, preview. Romans chapter eight. This is, next, this is our, tomorrow's passage. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This, this wrestling with sin we have, as we recognize our, our stumbling and as we hate it, where, where does it land? It recognizes this reality that, that in Christ Jesus, there is zero condemnation. Here's the ancient way for the modern day. It's not to embrace a lifestyle of sin. It's not to excuse your sin, but it's to become more and more aware of your sinful desires and then to take them repentantly before the Lord and recognize that even at your worst, because you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. It's not to approve sin. It's not to embrace sin. It's not to excuse sin, but it's to deal with sin before the cross of Christ and recognizing that in Christ, there is now no condemnation. I hope this is encouraging to you. This ancient way for our modern day, I want you to see that you now stand as one who wrestles with sin, but is freed from the consequence and that is growing in your freedom as you walk in Christ from the, from the, the temptation of sin.